Welcome to Saturday Night Live. I'm Aaron James Macias. I'm Benito, the Tank Warriors. And you've joined us in the studio in the beautiful San Jose, California for our second episode that's going to cover the second week of Sharks Hockey. You know, you're not listening, you're listening to Saturday Bite Live. That's right. All right, man. It's been a fantastic week for the Sharks. They're on the road. Um, you know, they had some ups and downs so far this season. Um, and it's only five games in. But uh, one of the biggest concerns, I would say, is probably the power play. Oh, um, yeah, no, I got to agree with that because the Sharks lately haven't been able to capitalize on the power play, you know, opportunity that they've been given. You have so many open shots. I was like, I was watching yesterday's game, and Carson, as much as passes he's been doing to Brett Burns, Burns shot wide of the net. I guarantee you, if Burns would have shot perfectly on the net, we would have won yesterday's game. There's definitely a lot of uh, opinions and analysis coming up in today's show. This is only the only place where you'll get real talk from real fans. And uh, speaking of real talk, we'll be discussing Joe Thornton and his injury. We'll update you on that as well as um, some of the rivalries going on between the mascots, S.J. Sharky and Philadelphia's Greedy. Hey, man, uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen the Philadelphia's Greedy or whatever he whatever it looks like. He looks like a, a Muppet, I got to admit. <laughs> One of those Muppets. But anyways, yeah, there's been a lot of back and forth with him trying to, you know, antagonize Sharky, you know, our mascot. But, you know, Sharky, he don't care. Yeah, absolutely, man. He's uh, he's stealth Sharky this season, right? He's stealth Sharky. Remember, the, oh, the, the Flyers, they try to do... Our thing when Sharky tried to have like you know when Sharky came through the the Raptors and then got stuck, they tried to do that with their mascot. Come oh. on now, really? Yeah, you know it's funny. I was that kind of brought me back his entrance. Uh, we have much more details on Gritty and Sharky rivalry as well as a recap of Game Three, Four, and Five coming up. Once again, I'm Aaron James Macias, aka Powerplay. Hey, I'm Benito the Tank Wars, aka DJ Vibes. And you heard it already. You are listening to Saturday Bite Live.
Welcome back to Saturday Bite Live. I'm Aaron James Macias. I'm Benito, the Tank Wars. All right, so this uh, week in Sharks hockey, uh, Joe Thornton, as most of you all are aware of, has been placed on the injured reserve. He uh, had some swelling going on in his surgically repaired knee, so you know they were taking a precaution and just getting him off the ice. So hopefully we'll be able to see Jumbo Joe back on the rink you know, later on this season. You know, touching up what you said about, you know, Joe Thornton getting injured, you know, um, it doesn't get me, it gets me kind of thinking, the fact is, you know, he shaved his beard or so, that, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, though, but it's just supposedly that if you're on the injury reserve list, you're basically half done for half the season? Uh, I believe, I believe so. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure the NHL allows teams to exercise the option of taking a player off the injury reserve, but nonetheless... You definitely don't want to see one of your big stars uh, being placed on the IR list, right? Yeah, call me crazy, but I think what everything that Jordan Thornton's doing this season, I think this might be his last year with us as a Shark. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was a free agent for just about 24 hours, but nonetheless, he, um, you know, th- there is a reality that Big Joe was not going to be until this season. So you definitely do not want to see one of the leading scorers in franchise history to be um, out with an injury because that's pretty serious you know um, a knee injury especially swelling after surgery you always want to make sure that you know it's not getting infectious and creating some serious health issues um, to make a comment on the beard being shaved it's almost like Joe Thornton without a beard is like Chuck Norris without a beard right yeah I've been called that before a couple of times you know <laughs> oh man you lose all your power when you shave the beard exactly that's why in my opinion when Joe Thornton shaved his beard he got injured how often do you see Joe Thorne get injured when he had the beard? Yeah, he was uh, definitely a, a monster out there on the rink. <laughs> hey, he looked faster, though, when he was without the beard. So, you know, maybe it does a huge difference. Yeah, he definitely, um, you know, bringing some, some nostalgic bells for his kind of new old look, if you will. But let's focus on one of the more interesting um, developments this week. It has to do with the mascots. Ooh, you know, I don't know if it was the last time I had, like, I witnessed two mascots, you know, going back and forth with each other. You know what I mean? I never, it's like, you hardly ever see that. Yeah, and I've rarely seen any mascot that is pretty much making their debut in the NHL take on a mascot that's, you know, has the prestige and, uh, you know, the, how do I say, the status of SJ Sharkey. Well, you know what they say, if you say I'm a shot, get ready to get bit by one. Absolutely. Um, so to wrap up what happened on social media between the two mascots, Philly mascot striked first. He was staring at a tank with sharks swimming around with a sign saying that the losers of that game is going to have to change their names to the guppies. And look what happened there. Absolutely, right? <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, he was throwing toys, little shark stuff, stuffed animals little stuffed sharks throwing them on the floor throwing them off the shelf and literally like diving on top of them stomping on them like you know the message was loud and clear and then sharky responded by decorating a pumpkin obviously because you know it's autumn and we're in the month of october so in the spirit but they decorated a pumpkin look like gritty and they just literally dropped and smashed it that's just that's sharky just dropped it and smashed it Hey, you know they say you're not Sharky. Wait, we all know Sharky. He don't really care whoever steps up. You know what I mean? But I want to go back to the point where they try to steal our entrance, bro. I, I I definitely agree with that. I almost thought that they're gonna take it one more step further and try to like mock Sharky, because we all know that Sharky's infamous for getting stuck and uh, stuck up there in the Raptors. You know, for the next twenty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, they didn't go that route. However, there is footage of Gritty slipping and falling on the ice um so you know it's it's all good fun it definitely uh was awesome build up leading to the philly game um and actually you know i want to talk about something on my last podcast really quick i uh, i stand corrected my first game against the oilers as i mentioned on episode one uh, i i had suggested that it ended in a tie i got a game mixed up with another game that i went to um long story short it was actually a victory um, the Sharks beat the Oilers in overtime. Mike Ritchie got the goal. So I stand corrected, okay? And don't be afraid to call me out on Twitter or Instagram at Saturday Bite. Those are the official social feeds of this podcast. Uh, we're available wherever you enjoy 
listening to podcasts, by the way. Uh, you can find us on Anchor. That's our home. Also, Spotify, uh, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and much more. Now, when we return, we're going to do what we call the Rink Recap. We're going to go over our personal takes on Game 3, 4, and 5 of the season. Stay tuned. You're listening to Saturday Bite Live. to a part of the show that we call the rink recap it's pretty straightforward we're going to recap this week in sharks hockey uh, starting with game three at the barclay center this was in brooklyn where the sharks were shut out by the new york islanders four to zero man that's not the way you want to start off your road trip in the east coast right not exactly not even um, with the four zero come on now that's i gotta admit that's terrible hockey status right there you know it was definitely terrible hockey i mean once again sorry about life we're we are biased in our till but we also keep it real and uh that was really bad hockey as benito just mentioned don't get me wrong yeah you know i can understand you know it's a brand new team and and new new players on the squad you know we have to you get used to playing with them and and focusing on the right you know uh strategy on how to use them but I think it's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. You know, we still got plenty of games to go. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so the Sharks were shut out in Brooklyn, four to zero. As mentioned, the the game the gameplay wasn't very ecstatic. Everything obviously went wrong because the big fat zero on the scoreboard. Um, they were out hustled to the puck. I remember um, one of the last goals it was like a two on one, and and the Islanders just reached around two of our defenders and centered it. So it was, that was kind of ridiculous, if you ask me. But that goes to my point exactly. If the goaltenders would at least, you know, like, played a little more aggressive, that wouldn't have been an easy goal to go in. But, you know, yeah, I'm I feel just you. saying. Marty Jones has been under the limelight lately uh, with his game style and his play. I mean, his play, excuse me. Um, so you can't really blame it all on Marty Jones. A lot of times I've seen Islanders in front of the net, and they were literally, these bodies are in front of the net, and they're not being challenged. They're just chilling there. Uh, a big example is on... One of those last goals, we just mentioned it. Um, there's two shark defenders that somehow an Islander reached around both of them and centered it to a wide open attacker right in the crease. Um, it didn't really make a difference. Four to zero was a loss. Uh, the good news is 24 hours later in Philadelphia, the Sharks put on the best performance of the season, winning that game eight to two. Hey man, that was a you know I gotta give it an effort. It's it was a team effort. It was mostly the young upcoming stars. Stepped it up the game and you know, put points on the board. Yeah, the captain he had he had, he had two assists. He had two like what, goals in that game. But yeah, it's all good. But it doesn't matter if you don't get the hat trick, bro. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I will take two players scoring two goals versus one player getting a hat trick. It would be nice to see two players get two uh, hat tricks. But nonetheless, Kane and Pavelski had two goals each. Um, in one occasion, the Sharks had two goals in 11 seconds. Uh, that was one of the best responses to being shut out the night before, in my opinion. Uh, Aaron Dell got his first start of the season. It was his 50th career game, and he got the W while debuting his brand new Brian's Custom Goldie gear. That was dope. That gear looked dope, in my opinion. Yeah, the sharks on the pads, and it's fire, man. It's fire. Um, we cannot go any further without mentioning four assists by LeBa- by LeBanc. Uh, the 20th player in Sharks history to record four assists in a single game. Uh, and just one quick shout-out. 
to Mr. Dell and Brian's custom. They showed the Twitter feed some love by liking and retweeting our uh, our tweet on his victory and debut. And uh, you know, I'd like to use this moment to also remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at Saturday Bite. Um, that's the official social feed of this podcast. So, wow, uh, how did you feel about that response? That eight to two win, man. Oh man, let me put it this way: I was like watching it. Yeah, I was at home watching the game, you know, because like I'm gonna go back to when I work because I when I'm there, I'm, I'm watching home games, or whatever, right? Yeah. Exactly. But taking a step back and watching a Sharks at away game and watching that eight two, you know, deficit, I gotta admit, it was like. It was awesome. I had the biggest smile on my face. I'm like, we've seen one goal after another, after another, after another. It's like, where was this at for the last few games? If you guys would have done this a couple of games ago, yeah, we would have at least been undefeated, if you ask me right now. Yeah, and just to um, you know, add to what you were saying earlier about um, Pavelski getting two goals, you know, it's nice to see the leadership step it up. Um, so, unfortunately, the last game this week against the New York Rangers, uh, the Sharks were able to pick up a point, but they fell in overtime 3-2. to two. Um, I think a big reason why we did not secure that victory is we were unable to capitalize on a power play. Exactly. That's the, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, the Sharks are, you know, sometimes great on a power play, you know, killing opportunity, but you never seen them capitalize on a power play opportunity. Yeah, they do here and there, but if you're going to get on a power play, I'm looking at all these other teams. They always capitalize on a power play opportunity. When they get the chance, they take the shot and open a net, open a chance to take a score. When I watch the Sharks do it, they shoot towards into the goalie's pads, not past the goalie or anywhere in the net. They shoot into the goalie. I feel you. Um Zero and three on the power play is definitely going to be the focus for that loss. Um, historically speaking, the Sharks only won five games in Madison Square Garden, and they've only beaten the Rangers 11 times in franchise history. So, um, you know, history is definitely on New York's side. Uh, turnovers and overtime led to an unassisted Rangers goal, and I think that's really what pretty much, uh, you know, put the nail. You know, anyways, um, good news is that Sunday, Sharks are going to finish up their road trip against the New York, excuse me, against the New Jersey Devils. Coach DeBoer gets to see his old team. You know, the game starts at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, but hey, it's going to be awesome because I got to admit, on Thursday, I got to go back into work and, you know, that's going to be the home game, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Hey, so uh, speaking of going back to the tank, uh, SAP Center is doing something very special this season for, um, for the 25th anniversary, right? Oh yeah, that's correct. All right, let me. All right, on October October eighteenth, the Sharks are gonna be presenting huh, the staff jerseys. You know, they're gonna be skating on us, playing against us against the the Sabers. But there's gonna be a lot of cool things. Twenty fifth anniversary when I was there for like the game opener. Man, it was it was like once in a lifetime experience. You know what I mean? Because like I worked in the suites and all things, right? And certain suites we in, we gotta put a card in us. You know, saying like you know, welcome to whatever. Anyways, but. And every those suites, they was next to the champagne glasses, chocolate covered pucks, with the 25th anniversary on it, the Sharks logo on the back of it. It's like a cupcake and all things. It, it looked good. I wish I would have ate one. But anyways, I know you're making me hungry over here, buddy. But anyways, it's like being at the SAP Center for like the 25th. Yeah, okay. For those of you guys that you know, you know, scratching your head when I what we mean by the 25th, right? Of the SAP and the SAP is you know basically brand new in a couple years, right? But I'm talking about the arena. Not the arena that been in. They were H HP Pavilion at one point, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it started off as the San Jose Arena, and then it became the Compact Center, and then it became HP Pavilion, and now SAP Center, if if I remember correctly. And from that, that's all twenty. That's what happened within the twenty five years of the arena being there, and because the Sharks already had their twenty fifth anniversary a couple of years ago. Yeah. So um, for those of you who are unaware, the San Jose Arena or the Tank, it came along two years after the Sharks. We're in the Bay. Their first two seasons were played at Cal Palace, and that's in Daly City. And um, you know, there are some fantastic memories at Cal Palace, but home is at the Tank in downtown San Jose. And this season, they're going to be celebrating, as you just heard from Mr. Benito here, and they're going to be having a lot of giveaways. Um, obviously, one of the the, um, the features, as you mentioned, is that stealth jersey. That's one of the new things this season. Uh, with every NHL team unveiling the third jersey. 
with the new added zero collection and um they're doing a, uh, a few things for Los Tiburones this season, right? That's correct. They're doing a couple of things. You know, um, um, on the top of my head, I could say they're doing, like, jerseys giveaway, hat giveaways. But, you know, it depends on certain games. It's, they're, like, different rivalries, you know? I'm not going to lie. The one game I do want to check out, you know, is watching a regular game is the Sharks versus the Golden Knights. Oh, yeah. We definitely need to get a little bit of payback for last season's postseason. <laughs> say that ten times fast. Man, that seemed difficult for me to say 10 times fast. <laughs> um, so, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the 18th is going to be Los Tiburones hat giveaway. Followed by the 20th is the jersey giveaway. And I'm going to probably need a little assist on the whole um, t-shirt giveaway, right? But nonetheless, they're having um, three giveaways for Los Tiburones this season. Uh, last season, I went to the one that was a jersey giveaway. I took my girl, and uh, we both got our Los Tiburones jerseys. It was against the New York Islanders. If I'm not mistaken, they're going to be playing the Islanders again this season when they're giving away Los Tiburones, right? Yeah, exactly. The, the, that one on the 20th of October, they're giving away the jerseys. And in my opinion, they look pretty dope, though. So for those of you Sharks fans, check it out. Purchase your tickets for you know for the for that game, the Islanders, and you will get your chance to get like a you know. A jersey giveaway, you know what I mean? And I got to admit, they're, they're pretty nice, though. They're pretty nice, though. That's what's up. Hey, can you just uh, let everyone know when the uh, t-shirt giveaway is? That's the last giveaway of October, right? That is correct. Let me see. The last t-shirt giveaway is Star Wars Night, Saturday, 11-3. Oh, right. For sure. So, um, And that's going to be against the Flyers, so we're going to get our payback against them. All right, for sure. So we definitely have um, t-shirts, and then uh, we will begin next month with Star Wars Night. Hey, man, I can't wait for that because hey, if you if you want to check out what the t-shirts they got there, you know, hit up your Instagram, look it up at the, you know, the San Jose Sharks page and all that and see for yourself what, like, the giveaways or, you know, the items they have, you know, for the, the standard Sharks, you know, trust me. I looked at them, Aaron looked at them, and in our opinion, I think the stout jersey is where it's at, in my opinion. For sure. And um, just, just so we get the uh, Los Tiburones t-shirt? You could get that. At the end of the month and the 30th. All right, for sure. All hey, right. You know what that means, right? It's one day before all Halloween. <laughs> all Hallow's Eve. That's what's up. Um, isn't that against the Rangers? Yeah. Right? Yeah, so we get a little... Uh, Payback. Yeah, we get New York back in our town, in Till Town. Uh, you know, a little bit of payback, hopefully. Eh, you know what? We still It's still a couple games to go for that one. But, hey, I feel like it's going to be payback because our hometown, we're loud as it is, man. Definitely. Um, if you don't know, then let us tell you. San Jose, we set records in the NHL for Laos Arena. We're proud here. We're loud and proud. And uh, we definitely know how to rock the crowd. You are listening to Saturday Night Live. In case you forgot, I'm Aaron Powerplay Macias. I'm Benito, the Tank Wars. I want to let you enjoy some tunes right now. And uh, we'll continue the Tilt Talk in just a moment. Holla at us.
We are coming to you guys from the beautiful San Jose, California. It used to be the first capital of the Golden State. Now we're just the capital of Silicon Valley. It's all Gucci. We're innovating. We are leading the way in your social media accounts. And on that note, don't forget to follow us at Saturday Bite. Now let's talk about this upcoming season. Pavelski, he is on his contract year. This is his last year inked up with the Sharks. What do you think, my friend? Do you think... Um, do you think... He'll be resigned. I know that sounds like a ridiculous question, but we did lose Marlowe two seasons ago. Uh, my honest opinion is like you know, yeah, I I, I, I like Povaski is a good good player, good captain, all. But my opinion is, if this is the last year, I think he should. He's he's done. He's done. I think he should. You know, along with Thorne, they both should like you know retire from the Sharks because Povaski been with the Sharks for a long time. And it's time to let the younger generation take charge. You know and. We've been talking about this for a while, you know, in my opinion, if Pravasi does end up, you know, leaving mm-hmm. or retiring or whatever, who would next take his the, the C position in? My opinion, I wouldn't mind seeing Logan Couture take the captain position, you know? Absolutely. Let's hashtag Couture for captain when that campaign comes around. I agree with you. Joe Pavelski, he's been stellar. Definitely one of the best you know, players in Sharks history. He, along with Marlowe and Thornton, have been kind of that core unit that's been on the squad for the longest time. I do also agree it's time to, you know, hand over the torch. Um, Pavelski being the captain, I believe, was out of respect. He was a silver medalist. He was one of the Olympic medalists on our team. And unlike Pavelski, excuse me, unlike Thornton and Marlowe, Pavelski wasn't a captain. So he gets a chance to don the captain's uh, insignia and... Yeah, I, I would have to agree that Couture is, I feel, like next in line. Um, what would you say about Carlson and Kane or even Brent Burns? Because, um, you know, these are leaders. Uh, Carlson was a captain on the Senators, and Kane, he's looking outstanding. All right, that's a, okay, that's a good question. Carlson, for instance, I'm going to go Carlson and Burns, you know? I wouldn't mind seeing, like, a defensive captain if you know what I mean because like I'm waiting for those two to sync and combine you know both game plays because Carson he's good at doing no back no passes like no look passes Brett Burns is good at taking those sniping shots Mm -hmm. so I I, I do want to see those two you know finally get the you know how can I put it the groove and start acting but when it comes to Kane for instance yeah he's a he's he's a young player don't get me wrong he's Mm -hmm. good he's a fantastic player but is it, is it time for him to become the captain? No, it's way too early. It's right? way too early in his career to become captain. He's not. He's like he still has much to learn from like these veterans players on the Sharks. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a big example of that was how he got caught up with um, with Stahl against the Rangers. Um, Stahl wasn't going to drop the gloves. There's mm-hmm. no way that Mark Stahl was going to drop the gloves. He wears number 18 for New York Rangers. But Stahl's smart. He's been in his league. He's a veteran. Um, he's one of three of the Stahl brothers. So, you know, that's a hockey family. But uh, back to the point, Stahl was just trying to get Evander Kane, one of the best uh, scorers of the Sharks, off of the ice, and it worked. It worked. You know, um, Kane got the penalty, and he was in a sin bin. And, you know, who knows? Maybe had he been out in that faceoff in the uh, Rangers zone, maybe we would have had an opportunity to score. Um, what I would like to ask your opinion is 
<clears throat> Carlson, his did you did you see that picture of of his uh, his skating ability that they showed on the yeah. broadcast, uh, the TV broadcast? With, yeah, I seen it. Well, what do you think about that? Like that V stance? Like I've never seen that in hockey. Um. Uh... Yeah, honestly, I have I I I when I seen it, I was, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out like how how is that even like how does he play like that? That's that was crazy, right? That's what I was trying to figure it out. Like, but somehow he makes it work. For those of you who are listening uh, to paint the picture, Carlson was on skates and his feet were in the eleven o'clock and the two o'clock position, or almost like we'll say like almost ten o'clock and two o'clock. Darn near 9 o'clock and 3 o'clock. You get the point. His toes were, were in opposite directions, yet he made the play. Uh, Carlson obviously has some skills. He's one of the um, – he was awarded, like, best defenseman in the NHL. And I do agree with you. It would be nice to see a defensive captain. The Sharks haven't had a defensive captain since we won the President's Trophy. Um, Rob Blake was the captain. We actually had the opportunity to uh, meet Rob Blake at Stanley's Bar. Oh, yeah. That was once in a lifetime experience. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like – Meeting like a former Sharks player, you know, out in the public area, you know, they're just like regular people like you and I. You know what I mean? They're, they're outgoing. They like to they like to talk to the fans. You know. Yeah. Um, he also is most remembered for being the captain, longtime uh, Los Angeles King. So for a while, I kind of like was skeptical that we had named an LA King. The captain of the San Jose Sharks. I am not gonna, uh, you know, sugarcoat it. I was just kind of like saying the only thing that could be worse than this is having Chris Pronger come around and be the captain of the Sharks. But um, you know what, Rob Blake, outstanding career in the National Hockey League. Um, he definitely was deserving of that captaincy. And I remember at that time I was very, um, I was very pro Joe Thornton um, Rob Blake was named captain after they took it from Patrick Marlowe so um, I could kind of see why they gave it to him he's being the veteran you know he's again an outstanding hockey player but they just delayed the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the inevitable uh, Thornton was the true leader of that team since he arrived and got the NHL MVP um, so it would be nice to see a defensive player. If you had to choose between Carlson and Burns, who's your choice? Uh, let's see. That's, Carl, that's, a, that's a hard decision, but I want to say Carson. Ooh, you're going to have a lot of a lot of Till, till fans out there. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to get that. <laughs> a lot of other opinions out there, but you know what? I'm going to put it this way. I don't, Brett Burns, yeah, he's a good player and all, but I don't really see him captain material, you know what I mean? He's more like the, you know, Outgoing, goofing around, wearing a Chewbacca mask, eating pizza on his like when he's at work. But I don't really picture him as the captain. I feel you. He's he definitely has a personality. And um, would you even really count him as if he was named captain? Is he truly a defensive captain? Remember, not too long ago he used to be a forward. Well, if you want to instead of give him a captain position, I give him like a a assistant captain to the captain. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much just keep him where he's at. Yeah, now, right. But. If that's going to be a long shot because I don't think Carson either way is going to get the captain C for the Sharks either. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think if there's any newcomer who has a chance of being the captain, it's got to be Kane. Okay, I could see it, Kane. At first, my point of view, my point was um, Tamar Hurdle. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ninja Hurdle, man. I, I like to see the original Sharks be the ones to don the C. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, but I think it's pretty uh, unanimous here if there was a next captain our choice would be logan couture i agree on that one because as much as i've been seeing logan couture progress throughout the many years with the sharks he gets better and better and better each season he comes and plays with the sharks he gets better and most importantly he gets better and even shows up in the postseason exactly he that's what i'm saying my opinion hashtag couture for captain that's right let's start that up people If a fire starts in your home, you have two minutes to escape. That's why it's important to have 
work against smoking alarms, develop escape plan, and practice that plan monthly. The American Red Cross has other tools to help keep your family safe. Visit redcross.org to learn more. Before all you Pawelski fans get offended um, about our last segment on who we speculate the next Sharks captain should be, I just want you to know that uh, here at Saturday Bite Live, we really do, trust me, we really do hope that Pavelski could lead us to another Stanley Cup final. Well, I'm hoping that too, because like at my work, I saw we talk about is Sharks going to the Stanley Cup again. I mean, you know, this time around, bringing the title back home in San Jose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, San Jose, you know what? To the credit of that Stanley Cup season, that team was able to give the tank something they'd never seen before, and that was the Lord Stanley's Cup. Unfortunately, one of the greatest hockey players and probably the greatest hockey team in history, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they, um, they were able to, you know, like get the best of us. But nonetheless, it would be nice to see Pavelski lead us to another cup final. You know, that would be kind of interesting, though, because, like, like, like you said, bringing it up, like, maybe we had that cup, we went to the cup that one year, a couple years ago, and the fact is we didn't, like, you know, we didn't win, but at the end of the day, to come realize that we had that taste of what it's like to be in the Stanley Cup yeah. finals. That's right. We and got now it's time for us to get back to the promised land and bring the trophy back because San Jose is due for a championship. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. Um, my apologies for um, prematurely uh, starting my my little uh, uh, tidbit here, but long story short, you're right. We had a taste. Uh, we had that, cu- that cup chum. Mm, yeah. Chum. <laughs> yeah, chum, man. Hey, you know what's pretty cool is, um, is how it's featured all over the tank now. Oh man, no doubt, cause like especially cause like you know, especially like when I go back to where I work at, every time I walk around to get to my break room or whatever, the whole arena, chump, chump. Occasionally I do see on uh, the San Jose 48, you know, the wine, the San Jose wine j- mm-hmm. drink, the fish from the sharks. I seen people drinking that, but hey, if you like wine, I don't, I don't. But that's pretty cool. I seen a 48. I think it was 48 sharks. I could be wrong though, but okay. it, I could be wrong though. But for those of you guys, you know. You know, treat us back and let me know if I'm wrong or right. But anyways, it's kind of ironic that how the Sharks are evolu- ev- evolution, like the industry outside of the arena, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm digging how they got with Gordon Birch and they came up with their own brand of beer. Um, it's pretty tasty, you know. It's, it's, it's an acquired taste, as Chum should be. And uh, you know what? I think last season, and hopefully they do that again this season, uh, they had uh, like a ticket package where you get to buy some tickets and for each seat you get, you get like a bottle of chum. You get like, uh, I think you get a gla- uh, bottle. Yeah, you get a bottle of chum. I, think, I know they were going to be doing that sometime this year, but I don't know exactly when they'll be doing it. But I know, I guarantee they're going to do that again. That's right. Um, so coming up next, we're going to do a segment that we like to call the Shark Ages. We are going to focus on some of the most memorable players and moments in Sharks history. Uh, Stay tuned. You definitely don't want to miss that. Um, Again, follow us on Twitter at Saturday by Live. And in case you forgot, I'm in the studio with... Benito the Tank Wars, a.k.a. DJ Vibes. (laughs) And I am the man of vantage, Aaron Powerplay Macias. Thousands of families affected by disasters urgently need support. You can help the American Red Cross provide warm meals, shelter, and hope to families when they need it most. Please donate today to Red Cross Disaster Relief to help people affected by disasters big and small. Go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS today. Your support is critical. We can't do it without you.
Welcome back to Saturday Bite Live, my favorite segment of the show, The Shark Ages. A look back at the most memorable moments and players in Sharks history. Starting off with this week in Sharks history, October 7th, 1999, Mike Ritchie gets two goals, including the game winner in overtime against the Edmonton Oilers, which gave the San Jose Sharks their first ever 3-0-0 start. That's three victories to start the season. And he simultaneously became the first player in NHL history to score an overtime goal in the league's new four-on-four overtime format. October 10th of 2015, Mark Edward Vlasic Pickles became the team's all-time leader in games played by a defenseman. On that date, he recorded 672 games in a shark sweater. October 11th of 1997, San Jose Sharks' Marco Sturm, the guy who wore the 19 before Jumbo Joe Thornton came through. He's actually involved in the trade that got Jumbo Joe Thornton to San Jose. But nonetheless, Marco Sturm became just the second player in league history whose first Two goals were game winners in his first two games of the season. Ironically, that was against the Boston Bruins, who was involved in that blockbuster trade. October 12th of 1995, also against Boston's hockey club, Marcus Ragnarsson became the first rookie defenseman in franchise history to get a goal in each of his first two games in the league. October 11th, excuse me, October 13th, this date in Sharks history. In 2015, San Jose got their 3-0-0 start for the fourth straight season, which became the first time in NHL history any team has done that. Now, one of my favorite Players in Sharks history will be featured in this Shark Ages segment. None other than the greatest captain, in my opinion, in Sharks history, number 11, Owen Nolan. Owen Nolan was drafted number one overall in the 1990 NHL entry draft by Quebec and played with them until... The 95-96 season. He was playing with the Colorado Avalanche before he was traded to San Jose for the the defenseman Sandus Ozelinch. That was a big trade. It wasn't until a couple of seasons later in 1998 when Owen Nolan became the Sharks' fifth captain in team history and he held the C until he was traded in 2003 to the Toronto Maple Leafs in a move that involved Alan McCauley coming to San Jose he played with the San Jose Sharks Owen Nolan from 1995 to 2003 He had 568 regular season games and 40 postseason games with the San Jose Sharks. His career stats are 12,000 games played with 422 goals and 463 assists for a grand total tally of 885 points in the National Hockey League. One of the most memorable moments in Ola Nolan's career as a Shark would arguably be when he scored a hat-trick in the NHL All-Star Game in San Jose. But that wouldn't be an official moment until because that wasn't an All-Star Game. While he was wearing the San Jose sweater, Owen Nolan's most memorable shark attack moment came during his best career year in the 1999-2000 season when he finished with 84 points and was tied for second in the league with 44 goals. That year, the San Jose Sharks were the eighth seed in the Western Conference, and in a seven-game series, they took out the NHL's number one 
team, the St. Louis Blues. Owen Nolan scored one of the most memorable goals in Sharks history when in Game 7, with 10 seconds left in the first period, just past center ice in the face-off circle, he took a slap shot that beat goaltender Roman Turek and gave the Sharks a commanding 2-0 lead. The goal ended up propelling them to a 3-1 victory and the first round upset against the Blues. On February 7, 2012, Olin Nolan announced his retirement from professional hockey at a press conference in San Jose five days before his 40th birthday. Thank you all for listening to this second episode of Saturday Bite Live. Signing off for Benito the Tank Juarez, I am Aaron James Macias, and you have been listening to Saturday Bite Live from Till Town, USA, the Bay. Let's go, Sharks. Tomorrow we got the New Jersey Devils. Looking forward to seeing our team finish the road season or the road trip off strong and coming back for three games celebrating Los Tiburones Hispanic Heritage Night. I'm Aaron Macias. Y'all have a good night. Enjoy the weekend.